Hello again, and welcome back to the Entrepreneurial Coder Podcast. My name is Ryan, and this is the show where I talk to developers, programmers, and coders of all types who are in business for themselves, and I try to get a sense of how they got to where they are. So if you're a coder who wants to get into business, or if you're already in business and you just want to see where to go next, then hopefully this show is of value to you. This is episode 15 with Joel Hooks. My guest today is Joel Hooks. Joel is a software developer living outside Portland, Oregon, who is passionate about home educating his five kids. Joel helps run Egghead.io, the internet's best resource for teaching developers modern programming. When not running Egghead or hanging out with his family, Joel likes to read, cook, and spend time with his local community of friends. Joel, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me, Ryan. You bet. Um, so we uh, we met some time ago. I think we met at uh, Convert Kits Conference, the uh, Craft mm-hmm. and Commerce Conference out in Boise, Idaho. Which is it's been a that's been a great conference to meet all sorts of people in the industry, um, who some of whom I've had on on the show before. So I'm glad to have you on. Um, you've got an approach to business with Egghead that I think is uh, is very neat and maybe a little looks a little bit different than what you'd find in you know the typical startup world, typical tech worlds. Um, so I'd love to chat about. Uh, that with you today, but uh, maybe for those folks who don't know already, tell us about Eggheads, uh, what it's all about, how it got started, that sort of thing. Um, so uh, fundamentally, we're we're uh, a platform for the the instructors, the the people that are teaching on Egghead. Um, we we connect uh, smart subject matter experts with people that want to learn things, and we do that through um, video tutorials primarily. Uh, we've been expanding that, trying to you know like like refine our format and and figure out how we can best achieve outcomes for both the instructors and and the learner side of it. So we really service two uh, primary primary clients outside of of our company, um, and both are you know like really important to us. And and the balance between you know what's good for the people that want to teach and what's good for the people that want to learn. And um, that Venn diagram has a huge crossover. Uh, in the center, which is is good for our business um, and and kind of simplifies it in that regard. But that's really kind of our focus ultimately is is how can we be the most helpful resource that we can, and then from that everything else kind of follows. Gotcha. Okay, so it's uh, largely developers creating tutorial videos for other developers to to watch and consume and and to learn from. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us about the kind of because I think with Egghead you've got a very specific kind of format that you like to go with. Um, you know, short video that's sort of tight and to the point. Um, is that a deliberate choice? Has it always been a deliberate choice to keep things that way? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? So, um, fun fact: I don't really like watching videos on the internet. Okay. I'm not a, a video tutorial person, um, and and the reason for that is if you go and you watch a lot of, of video tutorials, you notice this this pattern where. People want to do long bumpers when, and you know, in, in kind of radio parlance, where they, they introduce the entire video, they ramble on, um, they talk incessantly about details and backtrack and side stories and uh, do outros and, and we'll have music and and hey, this is Gus coming at you live on YouTube. You know, it's like it's really an old school kind of broadcasting technique, and and we just don't like it, right? Like one, if I'm sitting down to watch videos. Um, it's fundamentally an inaccessible format, right? Like video is is what it is, and like I can read and I can scan a page. Um, so our intent was to make something small, um, not waste your time with any sort of fluff or filler, and really just get in there and give you what you need. I, I uh, we've taken that and and taken that concept um, 
to a pretty extreme extent, I think. Um, so in so far as people are like, well, the egghead format, like it's, it's very, um, kind of, I'm not going to say unique to us because other people have, have definitely picked up on it. And I think it's, uh, kind of, kind of spread and there's other people that they really kind of respect the viewer's time. But to us, that's extremely important. We want you to be able to get in, read the title, uh, watch a three minute video versus having to watch a 60 minute video to get the three minutes that you want. Um, you know, like titling it, describing it in words, making it searchable, making it to where you can come back to specific videos and concepts and really keeping it to a single concept per video, kind of like a, like a, a section in a chapter in a book. Um, so we've uh, taken that approach, uh, I think mainly from John and I's original kind of like, eh, we don't really like video tutorials. So how do we, we make video tutorials that we'd actually want to watch? Uh, so that's where that comes from. Right, gotcha. And so uh, Egghead, of course, uh, started, I, I believe, if this is the history, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, John sort of started, uh, John Linquist started uh, mm-hmm. putting these videos on YouTube. Um, and then I, I think I've heard the story around from how maybe you got involved with uh, Amy Hoy and Alex Hillman's program, 30 by 500, to sort of take that and, and create a company out of it. Is that, uh, am I right in that backstory or how did that go? Yeah, uh, so... Egghead.io existed um, before I came along and I, I kind of was like, hey, John, you know, I can I can make money off of this. And and the story for me goes back further because like I actually started programming computers specifically because I wanted to like build some sort of, of software business. And at the time for me, it was it was, you know, very uh, Y Combinator, Paul Graham. Uh, I was inspired by that. But even before that, it goes back to, you know, like like reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad and thinking, wow, um, I don't have to work like this for the rest of my life. And that that was a uh, you know, like a 15 year effort to get out of, of the mindset that of, of, you know, like that I was raised with that. I think a lot of us are that we have to, you know, we go, we work a job, uh, we're loyal to that job. They give us raises. We're thankful for that. Um, and continue on and, and kind of trade our time for a specific set amount of, of, uh, like, like money value and return. Um, so, you know, like when it came to egghead, like I was, I was trying to figure things out and John was doing these videos and John's like, like straight up, probably one of the best, like technical screencasters on the planet and and still he's he's just awesome like he, i watch his videos and i really enjoyed them and i would, and i don't like watching videos and they would make me feel good about myself even though i was learning stuff that i didn't understand um, i was like man this other people would like this too um so it took a you know it was that was my first sales pitch to an instructor was john uh was like hey you know here's here's my pitch here's what we can do um, if you trust me, I think I can make something out of this. And, and he did, um, you know, I, after uh, I was persistent, uh, which is, is kind of my, my MO in general, um, is to be quietly persistent over time. Uh, and and uh, unless you tell me, you know, the hard no, which I'll, I'll respect, uh, I'm going to keep, you know, enhancing my offer until uh, such time as, as you agree to at least try. And, and he did um, and has, has trusted me since then to, to kind of shepherd this thing and, and guide you know, what to him is very special, like Egghead is, is special to him and it's special to me, but you know, like it's something that he created and means a ton to him. And he entrusted me to, um, you know, like grow this thing uh, and and kind of, you know, take the reins and, and guide it uh, for the last six years. Yeah, that's really cool. Just out of curiosity, I've wondered this, um, you know, with, with Egghead at the size that it is now with the number of instructors that are there, what are the largely the responsibilities as they're split up between you and John? Is, is John doing a lot of the uh, kind of day-to-day stuff that you're doing as well? Do you guys mix it up a different way? Is he primarily doing kind of in, like still doing videos or how does that go? Um, so like our initial agreement 
with, with John and I was, Hey John, you're going to be in charge of creating all the content and I'm going to take care of literally everything else. Um, and, and we stuck to that. And my first thing of, of taking care of literally everything else was to, to make sure that John never gets burnt out, that creating content isn't something that crushes him. Cause I don't, I don't, you know, like if you've ever had the, like the, the pressure of, of constantly creating new content, um, you run a podcast, it's similar, right? Like people expect new, um, you have to, you know, you have this pressure to always constantly create. And if we charge a subscription fee, how much does that pressure, um, come onto his shoulder. So like my first order of business was to reach out to other instructors and start bringing um, folks in to, to kind of enhance that or, or make sure that, that we have a business and it's not solely relying on, on John's ability to produce content. He still creates content. Uh, he, you know, like, like we run the business together in the sense that, you know, we, we chat and talk. I'm still kind of, you know, like operationally speaking, I still handle everything else. We have, we've grown a team. Um, we have a, a production crew that, that helps us out. Um, and, and, you know, we, we run a, a software company to some extent at the same time, though I've personally tried to, to dial back the, the idea that we're building software because I don't, don't think that's actually the case. Um, that mm-hmm. took me five years to come to, but I, I don't think we're actually building software. Um, so so yeah, that, that's kind of where we're at. Gotcha. Um, on occasion, we'll both be semi-retired uh, and then we'll, we'll work hard and, and kind of, you know, ebb and flow through, uh, through that, through that cycle. Okay. Gotcha. So, uh, to touch on the point that you just made where you don't feel that you really are a software company or maybe that you should be, um, tell me more about that. What's, what's the thought on not so much wanting to, to be known as a software company. So I, I, I've been developing software for, I think I'm like 13 years now. So I started and, and I got into it and I went like straight into like enterprise application architecture. Um, I came into my career late. Um, I had to figure out how to transition from my previous career into this new career um, and, and do it in a way that like financially was viable, right? Like where I could get into this career and, and make the, the, the money I needed to sustain my household. Um, so a lot of that meant, you know, like I'm I'm going to learn how to like, like work inside of these big companies and, and be a consultant and do that sort of thing. So it ended up, you know, I was like a, a technical architect and uh, worked on big teams uh, and, and built big software. Um, so when I started ACAD, I kind of like I came into it with that same mindset and, and the idea that this was really a software project and we're going to figure out how to automate and we're going to figure out how to scale. Um, and just in the last year, I've, I've really, you know, like like come to realize that fundamentally at the core of it, Sure, it, it's software, and we use software, but this isn't a software business. It's it's more of a, a relationship business. It's more of uh, uh, we're here to like provide really high quality instructional materials and not grow a piece of software. Um, and from the software perspective, it's never done done. But it, you know, what what is done and what's enough on that front, and what can we do instead of focusing on on building bigger and better software? How can we build? you know, better core materials and, and help people in a better way. And I think software is part of that, but we're not a software company. Um, and that, you know, like that was kind of hard for me to come around to, but at the same time, I'm really excited. Um, and I've had more fun this year, like focusing away from software than, than uh, in, in previous years when I was really focusing on software and building a software team and doing that sort of thing. Gotcha. Okay. So, I mean, part of what you mentioned was it's it's more about the relationships delivering high quality material um so 
where you take your focus away from, you know, making this a software company, how does that play out where now you're focusing more on relationships and, and uh, delivering high quality stuff? Like what is, what does that look like in the last year? Uh, so one of the big kind of epiphanies that I, that I had was uh, previously, like our instructors, we were treat, treating them as subject matter experts and instructional designers. And, and as it turn out, turns out, like all of us um, that have had, you know, kind of the privilege to go through a typical K through 12 uh, kind of homogenous public education, um, come out with a pretty good knowledge of teaching, right? Like in, it's an indirectly we are learning how to teach and we all kind of have that feeling that we can teach. Um, but the fact is we're not all teachers, right? Like we can teach, we can share knowledge, but like there is, is this immense amount of thought uh, in the instructional design space. And um, instructional design is a, is a field that you can get a PhD in, right? Like there's so much research and science put into instructional design. Um, and, you know, I started looking into that and we came across this this uh, kind of uh, program called Understanding by Design. And it's really, uh, it's a book, it's tangible, it's a philosophy. Uh, it really gets into this idea of, of building learning materials that, that are, are very targeted on, on delivering understanding and getting people the real outcomes, not just, you know, I don't know if you've ever like watched a course or read a book and you're just kind of baffled, like this was good. I don't know what to do. Um, you know, like it's my fault. And I, and you know, like I always feel like if I read a book and I don't understand it, I don't blame the book. I blame myself. Um, and I think that's a lot of times not the case. It's actually, you know, the book's fault and not necessarily the book's fault, but the books, you know, like it's just not enough. Um, it's not a curriculum. It's a, a tome of knowledge. And, and how do we like take this, this whole entire field, this amazing, you know, vibrant field of instructional design and then apply it to this, this product and use like, cause we, at this point, Egghead is a, a really, really, really strong, like a production crew. Um, we have a really good team, like from design and uh, code and, you know, like, like the, the brass tacks production of, of like AV production. Um, we're, we're really, really strong in that regard. So maximizing that plus um, taking the burden of instructional design away from our subject matter experts and becoming instructional designers and experts in that area. Um, and that's like the big shift for myself and, and the team is to like, we're studying instructional design. We're working with uh, really talented consultants. Janelle Allen uh, has helped us out a lot. She's amazing. Um, and like, like that's kind of the focus versus like hiring software consultants and trying to build out better software and bigger automation so we can bring in more instructors and get more content um, instead of more we're working on better, um, which I'm really kind of stoked about in general. Yeah, that's exciting. I think, you know, there's so much focus these days on how do we scale something with technology so that you know we don't even have to have a hand in it ourselves whereas yeah. especially with this space like that's you 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 want to have as much care and as, as much attention as you possibly can i think with uh, the people who are paying you to to learn from your resource so that's cool man that's uh i think that's a that's a wise approach i'm excited to see how that uh, plays out into the future um, i think it's interesting too and you, you mentioned it because it's, it's the people that we're teaching but this is and that it's like this holistic thing where we are, are better supporting the instructors. Um, we are better supporting their clients who are the, the learners. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it creates like this, this entire, everybody who gets a real benefit from it. And um, I feel like when you do that sort of thing, you know, like the financial side of it really, really follows. And, and we're not, you know, neither John and I are trying to um, be billionaires or own yachts. Um, that's not really our goal. It's more like it, it has, is very truly a family business. There's my, my brothers and, uh, my, my kids work for us and, and, um, like that's important. Like, you know, we both have, uh, 
lots of children. So like, it's the idea that we, can we build something that, that they can work in and they can enjoy and they can learn, and they can grow and they can help people and move on from if they want to. Um, and that, that idea that we can like build this legacy, uh, kind of business of, of helping people and teaching is, is really exciting. Like in the long term, I look at it, you know, where can we be in 20 years if we keep improving on this thing? And, you know, somebody was like, I get emails and they're like, well, you know, do you want to talk about selling or do you want investors? And I'm always like, there's, there's not even a number. Um, right yeah. now that, that I'd be willing to give this up because I don't want to start something new. I want to see how good we can make what we, we have over time. So, um, All right, yeah. yeah, pretty fun. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's something I wanted to touch on for sure is this, um, this, I guess, philosophy you've got towards your business where, um, as you mentioned, and it was, it was from a tweet that you put out uh, where you said, you know, you, you get these emails where people are asking you if they can buy the company essentially, you know, is it for sale and for how much? And, and you essentially, your blanket answer is no, it's not, it's not for sale. There's not a number that we can put on it. Um, you know, I think uh, with that, with the fact that you're running it as a family business, this is a, this is an approach I think in, in sort of the tech space and the programming space that maybe we don't see as much, you know, people are very excited about raising lots of investment and building a big startup, uh, you know, and, and selling it for, for huge numbers one day. Um, is there anything else that I guess goes into your philosophy for why you're not so focused on that stuff? You mentioned you've got, you know, it's a, it's a family thing. You've got, you've got large families. Um, but is, is there anything, I guess, more philosophical that you've got, even just for yourself, which, which, uh, prevents you from going into that, that sort of realm of like selling your company for, for, for big bucks. Um, you know, is, would you do the same thing, I guess, with another company if it weren't Egghead? I just, I, I honestly like the, the thought of, of just starting from scratch and, and you never start from scratch. You're always building on, on what you've done before, right? Like if you're, if you're doing it right, if you're learning, um, if you're growing over time, if I was to start something new, um, it would, you know, like I'd be able to build on the foundation of, of what I know and have done in the past. But, um, like I try to think of what, what I would do next, what I would, you know, what, what would I get into if, if egghead wasn't a thing and, and what I would get into would just be more of the same because the, the idea and the thread and the, the learning experience is so, um, like fundamentally untapped for me. There's, there's so much mm-hmm. to grow on that. And, and, um, you know, we're, we're comfortable, right? Like we're, we're making a living. Um, we, we generally make, you know, we're, we're in the, the kind of the, the, the high paid software developer in our, in our salary range. Um, and, and it, it's like enough. And, and when you, you classify that and you set like a ceiling for what is enough um, and how good can I make it? Like those things like really turn into really interesting questions. Um, and, you know, like from a challenge perspective, I'm, I'm really curious about that. And I'm not, you know, like I'm not trying to change the world at all. I just want to make a difference in, in my corner of it and, and kind of mm-hmm. be on the right side of history and do do right by by the clients that, that we service and, and really like kind of consider that. Um, there's a, a really great book by Paul Jarvis called Company of One, and mm-hmm. um, he talks about this idea of enough and, and setting a growth ceiling. And um, also, like he, he has the mantra of, uh, you know, grow better, not bigger. And, I, and that, that really strikes me as just a, just an interesting way to approach this versus um, I need a new thing for that to be intriguing to me or exciting. Um, I can be excited about, you know, just working on, on what we already have. Um, and I feel like over time, like in terms of my personal happiness, uh, that really adds to it. That adds to like my version of success is, is really related to, um, you know, I want to have free time. I want to enjoy myself. I want to help people. I want to provide something that I can feel proud of uh, and look at and look back on and go, yeah, we really helped a lot of people. Um, and we've, we've done that on multiple levels. Uh, and, and that's, what's really important to me versus, you know, any sort of, of cash out, uh, in the end. So there's no, 
um, idea of that, even, even mm-hmm. that, that, you know, it, it's not like you never, well, what would happen if we did that? And, and then like the, the horror in my head of what like a big money engine, you know, would do to Egghead if they acquired it. Cause I've seen it. Uh, Plural site acquires most of the uh, tech space video tutorial sites. Um, and then they just crush them inside of their, their organization. Uh, and that's, that's fine. Right. Like I don't, I don't begrudge those people that, that take that route and I don't begrudge Plural site. It's a great resource. Um, I don't look at them as any sort of competition for us because we're totally doing a different thing than they do. Um, but it's not for us. No, that's not, not what we want to do or build. Right, yeah. And y- you mentioned not being in competition with Pluralsight. Uh, and uh, before we started uh, rolling here, you, you mentioned, you know, you at Egghead, the only competition that you've got is yourselves. And I think yeah. I've, I've seen maybe some spots around where you've mentioned that, you know, you don't even really pay attention to what's out there in terms of like if there's a another resource that's coming up that could be considered competition. Uh, you don't you don't really look at them to gauge where they might be at to, to see, you know, what they're doing. Um, why? Why is that? What's 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 the idea here about only being in competition with yourself? So there, there's the idea of um, the, the finite game and the infinite game um, where the finite game uh, has a winner, right? Like we play to win uh, like a football match. Uh, would be that, that's a finite game we're going to get a winner um, i'm playing to crush the competition um, then there's the the infinite game uh, that i feel that we're playing at egghead where um, the competition is ourself and we want to get better and we want to help as many people as possible and that that never ends there is no winner um, i'll be long gone uh, because it's infinite right like that game plays out uh, long term right um and i want to build something like I said, you know, like like it's this, this idea of a family business. It's this idea of something that, that lasts for a long time. Uh, me winning is is um, just not even even in the cards. That's not what I'm planning to do. And and anytime you define competition, that's that's really what you're talking about. It's like who who's the winner, uh, who's the loser. There's so many good people in this space that are out there really trying hard to, to deliver really high quality education materials and have you know like a similar or like philosophy to us. And I don't see them as competition. I don't see um, sites that like completely wholesale like take what we've done and move it to their niche like i'm like i'm stoked on that i'll we'll talk to them and give them advice and tell them you know what i've gone through um i don't even begrudge the the sites like the, there's russian sites that that are charging a subscription fee to access our content in 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 russia and it's like i can't do anything about it i don't like i don't it doesn't yeah. like i don't lose sleep i get a lot of reports of it but like i'm not as concerned about that we are aggressively free with our own content. We release a ton of free content that people can just mm-hmm. access. Um, and, and the idea is we want to do that as much as possible and be able to provide that as much as possible. Um, so that, you know, like limits our, our, our ceiling, like our, our, our potential earning power, but at the same time, uh, really adds to our success overall. Yeah, that's cool. That's uh, I think that's a refreshing approach, right? Because there's, there's no shortage of uh, companies out there who are aiming for the moon, as it were, trying to, to mm-hmm. have that big payout. And I mean, if that's what they're going for, I guess, you know, that's fine. But I think one of the one of the problems that might lead to is that uh, we as developers who might be interested in starting businesses ourselves might start to think, well, the only true way to do it, the only meaningful way to do it is to just like have that moonshot where we're aiming for a big exit and we end up mm. going through all the stress of starting a startup and, you know, never sleeping as a result and uh, being kind of uh, bound to investors for the rest of our startup lives, that kind of thing. And I, I, I think that's a shame. It's certainly something I would never want to go through personally. Um, and so 
what what we're talking about here it brings to mind this idea of the calm company which i think you, mm -hmm. you've spoken a little bit about and uh i i'm not sure maybe the origins of, of that term as it is now but i know that dhh on twitter will talk about it uh, quite a bit and the folks at Basecamp are big on that um so it sounds like to me uh, egghead would be a calm company what are some of the traits of a calm company what else what else uh, happens at a calm company that might distinguish it from your typical Silicon Valley startup? So that's a good question. And I, I don't uh, focus on, on any sort of deadlines. Um, we've actually started introducing them a little bit because uh, as it turns out, people appreciate um, at least some sort of light deadlines. They're motivational. It's just, you know, kind of how, how we're all uh, like tuned to think, I, I, I believe. Uh, but internally, like, I don't care when you work. I don't care where you work from. Um, none, none of that, it, it really matters. I don't I don't think we need meetings. Um, I don't think people need to check in a lot. I, I think, um, I mean, I don't know, like, like we all try to communicate. So I don't, but I just mean, you know, like scheduled check-ins, like we're, we're not like ticking boxes so much as we're um, all working to the same goals. And as, as long as everybody's doing that, it works um, really well. We don't, you know, have any sort of designated project managers. Um, sometimes I feel like, you know, we, we could use them I, and it falls on me a lot and I'm not, not very good at it. Um, but at the same time, we're just, you know, we, we try to stop and take stock and, and think about it and, and, you know, figure out what was wrong and then, then change it and, and move forward. Um, mostly it, it, it's a, a space that, that I like to and can work in, um, uh, just personally. Um, like I couldn't imagine having the, like the venture capital pressure, right? Like you get, if you get $15 million, they're just not giving that to you and, and casually expecting uh, the, the best outcome and, and hoping for the best. They want to be actively involved um, for the most part. And and that means you, you now have a boss and you now have uh, stakeholders that you have to be beholden to from a, a, a purely financial perspective. Um, and, and they want to get paid in, in the, you know, the end result of that. So we, we don't have that and that doesn't, push us to grow at all costs so we don't do any growth hacking um we don't have to run ads we don't have to you know like do anything that we don't want to do um and can really you know like stick to our values um and, and pursue that to the the uh, maximum extent uh, over time gotcha yeah for sure what's uh, a good so so if there are folks out there who are you know they've got in mind that they want to do something business-wise, but they're not sure if they should go towards like the typical high growth startup or more of a calm company. Are there any kind of resources that you've got in mind, anything that's been helpful for you as you've sussed that out uh, over time? So if you do want to go for well, any company, um, particularly high growth companies, Stripe Press put out a, a really great book called The High Growth Handbook. I would highly recommend that to anybody. It's a, it's a great, it just talks about the legal and the brass tax and starting a C-Corp versus an LLC and what a board is and, and how you get board members and all that kind of stuff that, that they definitely, you know, maybe they teach in business school. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't go to business school, but I definitely didn't know. And in either way, it's uh, in a condensed book like that. Another kind of broad book that I like in that space is the personal MBA uh, by my friend Josh Kaufman, um, which is a, a really excellent text uh, kind of talking about business in general. Um, and then like personally from the idea of bootstrapping a business. I really love what Amy Hoy and Alex Hillman do with 30 by 500. Um, I took the class in a very early uh, revision of it, uh, but it's still really good. And you can go to stackingthebricks.com and read their articles, which are incredible. And they date back and will give you um, just oodles of information on, on, you know, starting a 
like a, a calm, sustainable business. Um, usually like they start at, at the content side of it, right? Like what, what can we do? How can we help people? Can we start blogging? Can you start your email list? Can you start like growing your audience and building your authority? Um, which speaking of authority and, and I'm a book nerd, like I, in my Twitter bio used to say annoying book guy. Um, because like, I, I love to, to read and like gain knowledge from people. Like I, I, I take books and their authors as mentors when I read them. Um, and one of my, my mentors is definitely Nathan Barry, both, uh, in his book authority. Um, and then as, as an individual and, and friend of mine, like he's just been just an amazing person that I aspire to do. And I look at his business convert kit and we, we share so much of the same core values and, and mission to like help content creators and help people, uh, reach others and teach and grow and, and earn and, and escape from that, that kind of day-to-day -day grind. Um, so, you know, like. I would definitely like, like observe what they're doing. And then there's, I mean, there's a ton of people out there. There's the microconf every year. Um, is this gathering of, of people that are doing that, that are, that are small business uh, that are bootstrapped, uh, single founders that are, that are building something interesting for themselves. Um, it's all, you know, like people call it a lifestyle business, um, which I think sometimes is using like, as like a pejorative, um, uh, but that's, you know, what it is, what you, you figure out the lifestyle that you want and you, you build around that. And if, if that's, you know, like a, a fast paced, uh, high risk gamble to, to cash out on a startup, that's fine. Uh, but that's not, you know, like, like what I want to build. So, um, you know, I look to the folks and, and I, I really try to figure out who's doing the thing that I want to do and then just kind of copy them. Um, and I think that's fine. Yeah, that's great. I uh, definitely would recommend Authority by Nathan Berry as well. That was uh, yeah, yeah. that was my playbook for the, uh, the ebook that I released on. Uh, I've got a book out there about how to do security for Angular applications in particular, and uh, it was it was a great resource for for that. I got, so I I got eight it. copies on a shelf like five feet from me because I give them out to people. Um, okay, because I, I, cool. I love it. That and Kathy Sierra's Badass are, are two books that I have on a shelf behind me that, that have. Uh, Badass. Uh, that I keep that multiple out. copies so I can can uh, pass them off to people that are interested. Cool. Ping uh, Joel if you want to copy that. He'll yeah, hit he'll me up. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Great, man. Well, you know what? That's uh, maybe that's a good uh, point to start wrapping up on. Um, one question I've got is uh, if there are folks out there who, again, want to do something business-wise, they're developers, maybe don't, they don't have to be developers, but this is a show mm -hmm. that caters towards that crowd. Um, but, but it's very sort of uh, nebulous what they might go and do. Is there anything you can recommend that would be a good sort of bang for buck uh, thing to do, even at the early stages to, uh, to kind of lay the groundwork for a business they might pursue in the future? I mean, I think it's, it's, it's ultimately the, uh, I think the blog is still where it's at. And, and, um, I think we talked about this before we started rolling. I I've been treating my, my blog, my personal space more of a journal and I write, um, and people read it or they don't, but I'm really like writing for myself and I'm building this, this catalog and this resource. And I, I see a lot of people that, that do that, that they build a, a useful catalog. Um, and then all of a sudden they look and, and they, they have, you know, three years of, uh, frankly, building authority, like Nathan would suggest, and all of a sudden you have an audience, and the blog turns into a mailing list, and you you create your kind of own uh, microcosm or your own social network uh, where you provide value, uh, you deliver that value to people, um, they in return give you feedback, and then you kind of discover what your audience is and how you can can serve them and and grow a business out of that. That's very much how Egghead came around, um, and and so many people. Convert kit and and just a ton of others have have started that way, where they see a problem based on their existing audiences, 
like true and real issues that they're having and, and provide a solution for that. Um, and then iterate on that solution over time. Uh, and before you know it, you know, you, you are getting a stream of income and you're able to kind of think about work differently. Um, cause you know, it's one thing when you start, you know, like, you know, you're, you're making $0 a month outside of your, your paycheck. Um, and then all of a sudden you're making, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month or a thousand dollars a month and you kind of grow this up. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I could quit my job if I want to. Um, not necessarily that you have to, but you could if you want to, and you could pursue this full time. And, and this, you know, like idea of providing value in exchange for currency um, and building up authority and being a trusted figure and helping people um, to me is, is really fundamental. And I think it's going to grow over time. There's so many avenues for it with, you know, just the way we're all connected um, and the, the potential for that is, is uh, pretty, pretty huge. Um, and I love the idea that can change, like fundamentally change how we work. Um, on a day-to-day basis um, based on, you know, uh, this, this concept that's kind of external to the traditional format of work. Yeah, for sure. Something that I've sort of had in my mind, I've been, and I've been curious uh, to know what others, uh, particularly like yourself, might think about this, is do you think we're in a moment right now in kind of a point in time that might be going away where it's like easy enough to start up a blog, to start to gain an audience, to then offer something of value that they might want to uh, get from you in exchange for, uh, for some currency? Like, is this, uh, is this a point in time that's going to go away at some point, do you think? I think the the big platforms would, would like to do that, right? Like you, you know, people put stuff on YouTube and people put stuff on Facebook or, or um, like I love Twitter, but like these are all somebody else's platform, right? Like we are building audiences on somebody else's platform whose goals don't necessarily align to ours. Um, so I think the more that we rely on them and, and kind of uh, become mentally uh, lazy for lack of a better word and just like, you know, just use these platforms um, versus kind of doing the work it takes to to build your own build your own audience, um, we we give away a lot of that control. And to me, it's it's so it's very analogous to the idea of, of like taking venture capital for your business. It's fine, um, it can grow. It, it might even make things easier, uh, but long term, you know, you have to make the decision if it's best for you. And I, I always recommend that you own your platform for your content, um, whether that means you know paying Vimeo. Um, they're relatively small fee to put your videos on Vimeo and embed those on your own personal blog um, versus just relying on, on all these other platforms. Um, that, that's kind of a, a general piece of advice I like to give people. I think blogging kind of faded and I see it uh, kind of making a comeback and I hope that that comes back stronger. We're getting a lot of uh, really interesting platforms, um, I think, for, for like as developers that we can like build on to, to create our own spaces. Uh, and that's been kind of an exciting development over the last couple of years to see that resurgence. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, I know that with uh, a comm company, you may not have uh, hard goals that you might be aiming for, whether they be financial or growth numbers, that sort of thing. I know that Basecamp, they don't really set goals necessarily for themselves. Uh, but is there anything kind of uh, the year ahead, next year, that uh, you've got your sights on for Egghead? Anything to introduce, to change, to uh, do differently business-wise? So uh, I've been into repeatable systems uh, more than more than specific goals so like we're we're building a, a kind of our, our overall system for uh, creating and pushing content through a, like a pipeline that we can repeat and apply to um, essentially anything uh, we're doing it in terms of software now but then we're also I'm, I'm dropping in experiments with people in other fields like audio production or um, you know design or, or these kinds of things and, and how do that does that fit in? to this universal, you know, kind of instructional design workflow. 
Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. And that's going to be our primary focus for sure. That's great. Awesome, man. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. I uh, really appreciate yeah, thanks, appreciate Ryan. you taking the time. Um, where can people find you online? Um, let's see. I, I spend a lot of time on Twitter. So that's Jay Hooks on Twitter. And then joelhooks.com is, is my other little space. Uh, so I, I'd say those were the two places where, where you can see more about me. Excellent. And anything you'd like to uh, plug before we go, aside from Egghead, of course? Um, so a, a book that I really loved in the last year uh, was Essentialism. Uh, I think everybody should read it. And then another book by Will Larson um, called An Elegant Puzzle, uh, that if you're in any sort of software and, and work with people, I think those two books would be, uh, you'll be well served to, to check them out. Excellent. So we'll link all of that up in the show notes, of course. And uh, yeah, Joel, thanks again for taking the time, man. Really appreciate it. And hopefully I will see you at another event soon. If not, I will chat with you on Twitter. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. Thank you once again so much for tuning in to the Entrepreneurial Coder podcast. You'll be able to find show notes, including links to all the resources that Joel mentioned at ecpodcast.io. If you've got any feedback about the show, if you'd like to suggest a future guest, or if you just want to say hi, I'd love to hear from you. You can say hi on Twitter at twitter.com slash coderpodcast. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, and if you feel so inclined, it would be great if you could leave a review and subscribe. But if not, no hard feelings. Until next time, happy hacking. <laughs>